Welcome back to another episode of Life in Commune, y'all. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, before we begin, if you are listening in the audio format, either on Apple or on Spotify, make sure to come practice with us. Check it out, www.communyogastudio.com. You can try it free for your first week. Um, we launch and release new classes every single day, as well as practice paths every single month. It's a fun time. Plus, you will be able to hear these podcasts first. With all that being said, we have CJ here today, we have Erica here today, and we have Shelby here today. Straight out of North Carolina, <laughs> Erica is making her first appearance on the podcast. Thanks Welcome. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Thank you, thank <laughs> no you. No problem. There's actually some questions directed for you today, so we'll make sure to, uh, to get to send them your really way. I'm really sweating. <laughs> Shit. But uh, we have the warm-up question, which uh, we'll go to CJ first with. And as you know, the warm-up question is more for fun um, than really for anything else. And the, the warm-up question is, what non-offensive thing is a non-starter for you? So what is something that's like a normal thing that you just can't stand? Oh, I would say, I mean, I think everyone has their list. Yeah. But I think one just one that off I'd the top like of the head. Receive, yeah, or one that I'd like to give to the audience. I do not like it when people, uh, if they're using ketchup or mustard and they don't clean the top. <laughs> if you leave crusties or just, I'm not about it. Like that says a lot about you. I know I'm not the cleanliest person, but I do clean the mustard and ketchup list. You're just like, hey, that, that is a non-starter in your book. You're looking at someone, they're leaving that little extra. Well, how hard are you squeezing their ketchup bottle? I've never thought that would be a problem before. Some of them just don't like, yeah. <laughs> You must have not been to enough barbecues. It's I'm from North Carolina. I know, that's what I was going to say. I, and he won't if listen to this, but it was mainly my brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want me to send him a little message? <laughs> Right, no, he, yeah, he can't do anything now, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was mainly him. That makes sense. And it just annoyed me, because I would do it, and then you pour out the, the mustard, and you get a hard crusty in your sandwich, and it just... Mine's up, okay. Yeah, it was just that, that's just off the top of my head. I like it. E? All right, something non-offensive that is a non-starter for me? Yeah. We... I don't like to be called honey, but at least I think that's kind <laughs> that of feels offensive. offensive. I just uh, what about it? Can it be any form of endearment, sweetie? Like I don't like that either. That's no, because I mean. then I call <laughs> people that. But then like I'm, I'm like, so oh, hey, love bug or something, and it's just that's super to a random person, like God, like to no. the to maybe the, it's Harvey. Yeah, love <laughs> bug, <laughs> but like not to a random stranger. Um, I could like really go with that. I like feel the same way. When I was a young girl, I played on the t-ball team. And my coach would be like, hey, honey. And I'd be like, yeah. hey, sweetie. And I'd be like, my name is Shelby. Because <laughs> 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 I didn't like the way it was either. Some like, people don't what? find it. Hey, five-year-old Shelby had some strong boundaries, though. I did. I didn't speak a lot. I was very shy. But when I did have a, just something to say, it must have really bothered me. <laughs> or I felt away, you know. All right, I'm sticking with honey. All right, what's yours, Sheeps? Um, I don't like when, if I'm... Uh, at the house, let's see. I'm trying to think of something along those veins. And I'd say like when you leave the lights on. Yeah. Like someone walks into a room and then they walk out and the light's still on and then they sit down. I'm like, well, can you, there's like the door open. Someone will leave the door open. Same thing like that. Like, uh, will you shut the door behind you? Or something like that. <laughs> I don't think it's super offensive. It's just a preference. Yeah. On those types of things. I think it's more is what it is. It's like, it's a preference. Like mm -hmm. currently I can't stand shower curtains. They're driving me <laughs> insane. And it's mainly because um, 
Carling and I live in this really old, and Harvey, of course, too. We live in an old building, and um, apparently people were just more narrow back when these places were built because our showers, and they're like shower slash bathtubs type things, that situation, they're very narrow. And so the shower curtain always touches you when you're in the shower, and it's horrible. But it's such a common thing. Do you think it's just because you got used to that bath life with your foot? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, with, with the foot and doing the bath, that was maybe getting in and out of the bath was like a slight you know calamity it was like very cautious experience but that was also so involved like every day to have to take a bath it's it's just (laughs) so that's such a process yeah but i mean again at that time i didn't really have that much else to do so it was like oh might as well it's easy to have easier to have like an encased I'm thinking of what kind of uh, shape the but like the square rectangle in your glass door and you just pop out, step mm-hmm. in, good to go, no curtain. Yeah, and you just yeah. squeegee it off. I was about to say, those are really easy to clean as well. Yeah. They can be <laughs> win to win. Right? Yeah. yeah. You get things like, especially with the shower curtain, like sitting up there for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I don't like that either. You know, it's time to replace it. Like when you have that yellow line along the bottom. Yeah. Oh, I used to throw mine in the washing machine. Really? You can do wow, that? I, didn't know that I mean, I used to. Now my can, apartment has some janky-ass washing But could you really put a yeah. uh, shower curtain in a washing machine? Yeah, but I mean... So you learn something might new be, every day. I do. Yeah, just throw it in there, and then you just shake it out. <laughs> also, a shower curtain's $4, so you can't just go buy two. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Hey. Oh <laughs> just keep it a shot. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's transition into... Okay. Our first question of the day. Um, first question of the day, which is, I'm curious about what's going on in the back leg in Chandrasana lunge, specifically with the knee. Does anybody want to tackle that first? Chandrasana lunge. In the navigation series, if you're familiar with awakening yoga, it is the pose we do before we do full splits. It would be after half splits. So if you're used to practicing the set, um, that's kind of where it is in our series. And one of the main focuses of the posture is to help prepare you for splits and especially help you get hip extension in the back leg. Does anyone else want to talk on that? I would say for me, especially in Sean Jocelyn, the lunge being a little bit tighter into my front hip, sometimes my knee, uh, I'm not necessarily concerned with my knee as much as I am the drive of the top of the foot and where my front hip is at in space. Um, There's sometimes where it feels better for me to kick down. And even though I'm lengthening the back of my uh, left leg, it feels better when I'm focusing more on the tuck of the pelvis and squaring things off and really focusing on that front hip and where it can move more so than just the knee. Um, Because sometimes if I focus just on how high my knee is, I can overcompensate for my imbalances. Yeah, so so what you're saying essentially is that if you focus on the lift of the back leg, something else is gonna go off kilter because most likely that's where you can create some space, but then that's going to um, move space somewhere else. Especially the, the more that I'm diving into my own practice, I know like, oh, I can achieve a pose, but I'm not achieving it in the way that's most beneficial to me and finding the difference between, oh, I'm achieving the aesthetic and finding the adjustments that work best for me. Nice, so you're just like learning to play it in a way that actually suits your physicality, trying to meet the pose where you are as opposed to trying to hit it in terms of the cues? Correct. I like that. Anybody else? Uh, you go ahead. I just think I didn't have to drive off the back of my foot and stabilize my ankle, and then from there, yeah. I follow that line straight up to my leg, to my hip. So you a lot of kick down with the back foot. That's kick your down emphasis. the back foot, and then I notice my back of my kneecap pulls up towards the ceiling, and then I bring it into my hip, and then tuck the tailbone and drive up from there. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, they mop that vein specifically through the big toe mound, so the inner lining of my leg, because I sickle the back foot, and when I mm -hmm. sickle the back foot, sometimes I lose all the engagement, and I kind of just dump in the hips, and I'm losing all the activation. So trying to really maintain that constant pressure down to the back foot and the entire back leg. Just a lot of effort. Even if the leg's not completely straight, like he was talking about with the pelvis, um, just really just giving all the vigor you can to the back leg, <laughs> yeah. essentially, no matter yeah. what it looks like. Sometimes it's like, even like if, it's, like if my... If I try to just focus on straight, just lifting up through the knee, sometimes I don't get on, I get more of my toes and yeah. I'm not yeah. getting that drive down. Through the top of the foot. Like I have to soften even yeah. like just to make sure that I'm getting that, like you said, the drive of the foot. You got to get it there. Uh, what I think about a lot in, in that is, is just rebounding off what you said. The closer you can get the top of your ankle to touch the, the mat, the better it will be because that's a cleaner kick point. Oftentimes when people push down, they're pushing a little bit too close to the toes and that is going to automatically throw you off balance because what ends up happening there is there's a lot of uneven territory there, essentially where the bones of your feet and your toes are all, everybody's toes are awkward, we can all kind of admit <laughs> to that. Um, but the, the closer you can get to that ankle, it's a cleaner push point. It's very similar to what we were talking about with bow pose in last week's podcast where um, if you catch the ankles in bow pose, it's a cleaner kick point because the ankle is a much more stable place than the foot. Like if you're catching the foot, that's fine. But if you're really trying to drive back through the legs, uh, kicking through, catching the ankle will make it more available. And so when you're in your Chandrasana lunge, a lot of that action is the same. You want to feel the knees lifting up towards the hip, but you also want to focus on the headlights of the hips pointing straight forward because what that's going to allow you to do is have an honest conversation between you and yourself about your hip extension. And uh, no matter who you are, we all kind of struggle with hip extension. It's one of those really um, interesting things in most everybody's movement practice because there's so many places that you can compromise from. There's so many other places that you can move from when you think you're working through the hip. Like so uh, a common phrase I think you we've all probably heard countless times is like, don't dump into your lower back in yoga. And one of the reasons that that is such a common cue is because people move a lot of energy into their lower back because they're escaping the work in hip extension. So kind of a drawn out statement, but mm -hmm. I think it is helpful for when you're considering that. So focus on the hips first and then your connection point with the ground, which would be the drive. All right, you all ready for the next question? Where is the current inspiration for creative sequencing coming from? Current inspiration. Everybody. Everybody. Current Straight inspiration. Up, anybody that I take, I, I feel like I'll find something that I can make it my own and or something that is, sometimes you just come into the space and I'm like, I don't know what I want to teach today. And then I, I take your class and I'm like, okay, I like how he did a few things. And so it's really cool to work with um, people that inspire you. Dang, gang. Yeah. Respect. Respect. That's true. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I also do, I go down the Instagram hole sometimes and I find, <laughs> I mean, I think we all probably do. And I find like movement people and it's not necessarily yoga, but I get really inspired to just want to move in those ways. But as far as like applying that to my sequencing, it'll be like a specific body part or line of energy. So maybe it's cross body or fascial lines or things like that. And I just start to move in my own body. I straight up will just turn some music on and just see kind of where my body wants to go. And then I'll take a piece of it and be like, I think I can put this into a class and kind of go from there. Nice. 
I just rip off you. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I think I've been focusing on feeling how I want a class to feel, how I yeah. want like my student to feel or me to feel after a class, and then from there I'm pulling in poses and ways to make it all like a little story. Nice. You all taught thirty-minute classes this week that mm -hmm. released. What was different with that process as opposed to the normal sixties that we've been doing for? For nine months, right? We've been hit. We've been, th these are the first thirties that we've really ever dropped outside of the practice path. So this is like a new thing, I would say. What was different? I yelled. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to good stretch. <laughs> I did. I think I did. Um, I start. My, I tend to start my classes slower, so I had to like pull a CJ and right out yeah. the gate. I'm like fifty vinyasas. Let's go. And that's not actually what I did, but it kind of would go hand in hand with my yelling. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to be kind of tight about it. I'm like, okay, let's warm up, and then okay, yeah. It's a whole different kind of energy you have to arrive with because you do. I'm the same way. Like I remember sometimes in my mellow flows because I teach a variety of classes and I remember looking at the clock one time and I was still on my back doing like breath stuff and yeah. it was like seven minutes and I'm like, oh shit, we got to get off our back and start moving. And I think I needed that for myself. So these 30 minutes kind of keep you on your toes and I have to really adapt that CJ mentality and like, or Patrick, like, let's start in Malasana and let's just start talking. And yeah. you're just kind of like, you can't have a moment of pause. And uh, so I gave, I think, two breaths or like three breaths. Let's come into it and then we're moving. Like, we're just getting to it. And Dude, that, that's been my theme. I feel like the last four classes I've taught outside mm -hmm. of Hanson is just like, start in weird places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and new where, starting position is very yeah, helpful. Yes. Today, Wednesday? Yes. So you released a class today. The class, yeah, I think I was in it. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> we, we were like in it and I remember looking over at the clock and I'm like dang we've only been here for 12 minutes I feel like, <laughs> you know, like we've traveled around the world a few times <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's been a big uh, a big theme for me the the past week and a half or so is just changing starting positions and I think the, the reason for that to be honest with you is just to if I change where we're beginning from it's automatically going to lead us on a different course and mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it's something that I think I talk about oftentimes in the beginning of class where it's like identify where you're starting from because that's going to let you know where you're going. And so if we dramatically change that starting position, no matter what, we're going to go somewhere new. Um, one of my favorite phrases is, um, you know, if, if, you, if, if you're not happy with your experience, play with time differently. And so that's really just saying, hey, you know, just giving you, giving you that real sense of freedom to to change your reality just by shifting the way you organize yourself or shifting the activities that you do. It's so easy to get caught into a habit. And it's not saying I was unhappy with what I was doing. I was actually quite happy with it, but it's just to continue to progress the narrative, kind of what you were talking about, Erica. Um, it's, it's good to you know start a different chapter, start a different point and then see what comes up. Or a different tone. I do like. I think when she arrived yelling, it's like we're starting a different energy today. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then it was so like, no, matter. bring it back to good stretch. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bring it <laughs> back. back in. <laughs> like I like my little fluffiness. What were you thinking for your thirty? Uh, I like it. I enjoy. I like getting it get going. Yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed those types of. Because I used to take you on Cody. Um, those were all like 30s. They, were all 30s. Yeah. they put, they put t limits on those back cool in the day. To, to be honest, it was cool because I could hit two different 30s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like I could I could fit in in the same roughly the same time two specific things that yeah. I wanted to do and that was um, awesome as a user and so I enjoy teaching it because I'm like, "Hey, I really enjoy taking 30." Mm -hmm. So uh, I I kind of like that, "Hey, let's get going" type of pace. So. Yeah. It gives you a nice blend I feel for your home practice Bec um, because yeah. Yeah. often the home practice 
you know, you, you almost have something in mind. You know, you have something you may be considering, something that's in, interesting to you, and so it allows you to walk that path a little bit, which it is nice. It almost wouldn't work in a studio setting because people are always late. I'm late. Yeah. I'm late. <laughs> yeah. Like, the 45 minutes, 45 minutes we're about is, like, short is... We could go at the beginning. When, um, we would get better, but you know, at the, for what it was, it was just it was long, it was tough to go short. When uh, when we were when I was creating the first full body strength um, to test out a ton of different stuff at Commune LA, we put a thirty minute full body strength on the schedule at eleven fifteen before my noon. No, and stage <laughs> number two, people are done. No, a few people but... would stay, but. It wasn't, it wasn't the hi- most highly attended class, I would say, the 30-minute 11.15 to 11.45 smasher. But, you know, it was, a good, it was a good testing ground, if you will, for, <laughs> you gotta try for, it out. for the torture of that series. And I know a lot of you um, who are listening probably still practice that, especially if you're still on Allo and, um, and using that platform, because I get a ton of messages about that, that series in particular all the time. And, yeah, it cooks. But, again, that, that, that was so much testing that really went into that and finding what worked for people in... And also what was challenging. I think I was testing stuff with you too, like over at FaceTime a few yeah. times. Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> yeah, it was so rough. I was like, do you think it's enough? I remember one of them. I, I was more CJ's like, I think it might be too, too much. much. <laughs> the video's paused and so CJ's just laying on his back. I was like, yeah, it's great, PB. Got it, dude. Sick man. Sick man. Sick man. Sick man is Harvey's phrase of the week in case you don't know. So that's where a lot of the giggles come from on that one. Um, next question. Are we ready to move? Move questions. Yeah. We're ready to keep it pushing. Keep mm-hmm. the energy going. Um, any tips for forearm balance? Any tips for forearm balance? Anyone want to jump on that train first? Yeah, engage your triceps. <laughs> engage yeah. your triceps and biceps. Especially your biceps. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I mine don't work sometimes. I, they <laughs> don't. <laughs> they don't work. So all these block squeezing gyms, yeah. as much as I absolutely despise and hate them with a passion, um, they're very beneficial and helpful. They help me. But also adjusting the blocks has been helpful. So sometimes the block doesn't quite fit my shoulder girdle. So I learned yeah. that I could add two. <laughs> well, I just played with it, I guess. I was just constraining myself and I added a second block and it kind of fit my uh, shoulder girdle better and I can really activate and my forearm balance is so much stronger. I think that's a bit. Or you just do one in front of Patrick and he's like, come on. Yeah, he's like, tap and I'm like, until it, until I am pushing. This is a surprise. <laughs> You'd hope those little finger taps are like magic. It's like, come on, help it. Like, turn it on. I'm like, it is. Damn it, it is. And I'm going to say a little bit more even kind of the other spectrum. I would say for me, opening up my shoulders. Yeah. So, okay. so I had, I felt like I these puppies could turn on. That's what they were meant to do. All the sports growing up. Uh, but I didn't have, I didn't have yeah. the range. And so... For me, Dude, about 10 push-ups in, this guy goes up a full cup size. It's yeah, just like, it's up, unbelievable. Up, it is. And so it's just like, for me, it's it's almost attacking it. Like, there's such a balance of strength and openness to, for sure. to achieve mm-hmm. forearm balance. And and so just knowing what you need a little bit more. We could all use more both. Yeah. But yeah. I think knowing which one could help you create more of a balance uh, was big for me. So opening the shoulders and, and uh, hamstring flexibility was big mm-hmm. for me to help create some space. When think back to when all of y'all were learning forearm balance, was using the wall helpful? I don't, I don't think, think I, I ever used the wall. wall. I, I don't. No, I, just I, have I someone don't. Stand there and I don't it. think I, I don't did think either. I, I like. I don't. I don't remember. Like when I'm when I'm thinking about that. I definitely for handstand because did. But I think I just you're don't like crunched against the wall. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you can just roll yeah. over. Yeah. Like, 
I'd um, feel like, no, I never used to go all the way. Yeah. Not for that, for handstands, that's like, I would just be in the wall. I would just in that, you know, dolphin. I'd be in that yeah. for, oh, or for that one day, I just Come into dolphin and just lift your elbows just like a centimeter and just hold it for 25 minutes. You're good. See I what think happens. I first got on the forearm balance was the headstand variation. Yeah. I, think egg. I, I think that was the first time I got that's it. The, that was the first way I did it as well. Mm -hmm. That's why I would do it for a long time, yep. is I would... Um, pike in from uh, traditional headstand and mm -hmm. then drive down and lift up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was like one of the first things I did a ton of uh, when I was doing a lot of more traditional practices. One of the things that was recommended was to build up towards a thirty-minute headstand. Stupidest thing. Oh yeah, yeah. This dude, I was into some some real traditional stuff early on it's in the journey. Like pass out city. Uh, it, it took a long time to build up. I think the, the highest I got was maybe like 28 minutes. So you can do that with handstands too, right? I think like <laughs> We're just kind yeah, of casual. Yeah, yeah. Or you can be left and right. Yeah. 30 more minutes. Just keep it casual. Yeah, got it. No. But, um, but yeah, I, I, so from, from working through that, obviously my shoulders and triceps got super strong and super tight. And, um, but pushing off my forearms to lift my head off the ground into forearm stand was really available. And so that was definitely the first way I got in. I even still can remember the picture that like somebody took of it. I don't, I don't even remember who, because it was so long ago, but somebody took of me in it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just crushing this. <laughs> Such is life, like I'm just, I'm just on fire right Look now. Me. It's a good feeling. I think, I'm yeah. still, I think I'm still like searching for those initial feelings all the time. Um, I think that's what's fun about continuing to discover new poses and new movements is it gives you that like refresh like oh shit this is like mm -hmm. just as cool as that first time. Mm -hmm. um, another thing to when you guys work on forearm balance now do you think more about straight line do you think more about back bending do you think more about hollow backing what 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 kind of stuff would you currently focus on? Uh, I like to again I'm creating space into the shoulder so the hollow back helps me just to create more space across yeah. the collarbones mm -hmm. and chest so I like that sensation it's more so than just an aesthetic like it helps me open up my mm -hmm. shoulders like more than in front hip if I'm being honest so yeah. I would say it just depends on the day yeah. for me to be honest because some days I'm feeling like really trying to feel strong and stable and sturdy and just upright and supported. And then some days I am wanting to pull the chest through and get a little hard up for my back bend. So yeah. especially if the class leans toward it, I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this. Let's do it. Straight line. Straight line. Just getting these guns get going. Those, <laughs> get those guns Get those guns Vinyasa on Saturday. One of the things, just, just for all of you in there, in case some of that stuff was like a lot of fast information really quickly, uh, to summarize some really good points that everybody made, using the blocks in between your hands is, is incredibly helpful. It's one of the biggest things that we teach uh, throughout here at Commune and through Awakening Yoga. The reason you want to hold the block is because it gives you the opportunity to space the shoulder to get active in the bicep, the tricep, and then to drive down through the forearm that space is going to allow you to move with a lot more freedom. Uh, one of the things that often happens to people is they tend to overwork from the traps in forearm balance and they tend to, yeah, that's Erica. If you can't see that on her waving to the screen because you're <laughs> listening. Um, but that actually creates a ton of limitation in the position and in, if you're overworking from the traps, it requires you to lean the shoulders forward a bit more, which naturally puts you into like an awkward backbend that actually can't become more of a backbend because it's like the front doors are closed, but you're leaning on them 
it, it almost reminds me, this is gonna be such a weird analogy, but like one of those windows in a hotel room that they're not, you're not allowed to open windows in hotel rooms anymore so they can like kind of slide out mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, you like open, yeah, yeah, <laughs> if. If that. If that, yeah, you know what so I mean? It's like, it slides out a little bit, but you wanna think about that as like, that would be a form balance where you're overusing your traps as oh, opposed a, to being able to open yeah. the door, open a, actually open a door, open a window, <laughs> that would be a form balance where you have the biceps and triceps really active and a good amount of space um, through the body where you could move the chest through or push the heart back. So I think those are the things that I really think about. And um, using the wall is helpful, I think, if you are working towards opening, but I don't think it's as helpful in form balance if you are working towards balancing um, and one of the big reasons for that is um, it's such a small jump to get into forearm balance because of the way your hips are placed over your shoulders. It's pretty close no matter your level of flexibility. Uh, it's not that different from people who are in the ranges of like the most flexible to the people who are in the ranges of the least flexible. You'd be shocked that that's a space where there really isn't that much differentiation. Um, because the space between your shoulder and the floor is relatively the same. Um, and so learning how to jump just a little bit and putting that into your mindset is helpful for you finding balance. So it's essentially giving you the chance to eliminate momentum. So I hope that kind of helps you out a little bit if you are working on that. Next question, which I will answer because it's not for the group necessarily, which is, is there going to be a practice path for meditation in the future? The answer to that is yes. We are actually working on some stuff for that right now. It's going to have a really cool visual effect to it and some other cool things that we're working on. That's all I can say about it just yet, but be excited. Probably um, towards the end of Feb is when I would expect that to happen. And then the last question that is just for me is I'm just talking and taking everybody else's <laughs> voice okay. away. But there's these two questions I want to make. Yeah, you take a moment, you know, take a cheers. Um, which is, what is the style focus difference between uh, awakening yoga teacher trainings and any other teacher training Carling and I teach? And the answer is that we only teach awakening yoga teacher trainings. So um, awakening yoga is what Carling and I have created over, um, you know, the last long time essentially um, probably since the inception of when we started teaching i don't know exactly I know. when it occurred that's <laughs> it why i'm like i'm like i always want to say a specific time because we always want to like yeah eight years ago or 15 years ago or something like that um but it, that's what we mainly teach now in all of our trainings you will get other forms of practice of course especially in our 300 hour training there's a lot of other looks outside of the solar practice um we believe in a fully encompassed yoga experience, but one of the things that um, that we really believe in, as as Carly and I believe in, and I think we believe in also collectively, is that you should be actively working towards practices that you can do or that a future you can do. And um, the some of the more classical sequences, in my opinion, required so many prerequisites that it becomes hard to achieve that. And so then you just develop bad movement patterns and habits in general. Um, do you want to speak on movement patterns at all, Siege? So you can, we can jump and you can hop into this and kind of like what your process with adding movement patterns in, into your practice is. Uh, be a little bit more specific. Yeah, so like, for example, what do you think when I say the word like movement pattern? Oh, man. Uh, I'd say when we go into movement pattern, how does, or when, specifically for me, when we talk about movement patterns, I think of 
ways that I can encompass my body in the most efficient way. Yeah. And so what are the ways, what are the ways that I'm moving that's either helping me or not helping me? Yeah. And so I know that when we start to, when you've been working with me, for example, uh, a lot of my patterns, even with handstand, I had this natural movement pattern of internally rotating through my arms. And so working through more of the external to find uh, different patterns within myself to create more of an upside down balance. Nice. And, and that specific example, that's what I think of. Nice. Shaves? I, I say for a movement pattern in general, it's like, what's kind of your goal? Um, I think when you're creating a movement pattern, it's hopefully for maybe like longevity, functionality, more than like aesthetically. Uh, so when you're trying to create a movement pattern, you're hoping to hopefully engage proper muscles, not get into compens compensatory patterns that don't uh, help you or improve your practice for like you'll notice maybe you'll start going down a path and then you start to develop pains and you're probably recruiting things you shouldn't or you're not really getting the full experience or muscle recruitment patterns and so I think it's kind of a, it's a big general level when you go into oh it's super general patterns. it's this incredibly general yeah. question and statement yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's just like when, when you're thinking about those types of things like what kind of comes up in your mind like what type of focus do you does that resonate with like straight away do you have one E? I think it's balance from left to right and top to bottom, staying like in the container of your being. There's not yeah. an end, don't ever look for an end goal in things, like enjoy the journey to get there, but make sure the journey totally. is like a balanced little ride. Yeah, yeah. an encompassing experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think um, a lot of the stuff <laughs> that we're really playing into when it comes to like movement patterns and things like that, it's, it's just beginning to create this relationship between what you think you're doing and what you're actually doing. And, and, and being honest with yourself in, in that space. And um, the, the more that you can um, pick up on the little details of things, uh, the, the easier everything becomes. It's like, it's, it's one of the funniest things. We're about to start a teacher training and I'm about to have to give this, this, this shame pretty much spiel I give to almost every training that we begin. Um, but it's that like the single best thing you can do in the beginning of this training is forget everything that you know and, and start doing everything that we're doing. And it's not because everything that we're doing is the only thing that you should be doing, but it's the best way to learn something new is to forget what you've already learned because what you've already learned is always going to block you from picking up new things, essentially because it's your, your natural predisposition and that predisposition um, you know, is, is from when you were born to this moment in your life. And it, it has obviously gotten you to this point, but it also, can like limit you like ooh I don't know if I want to change the way I'm doing that one thing and it's like ooh, like do I really want to jump my feet to the outside of my hands instead of in between like you know those, those little things just because you've done them a billion times it, you we all get attached to the things well, that we've done like a billion times. Well, you like to do times. the things you're good at. Exactly, hundred percent. We really like to do the things yeah. we're good at. Everybody. We really hate doing the things we're bad at. Yeah. Yeah. Completely, and so like learning to pick up little like. <laughs> The, the more you can learn to gather things, gather information for yourself or gather information, um, you know, that not, not just gather information, but like learn how to integrate it, right? Like integration, I think, is like the hardest thing for any of us to do, like obviously myself included, because it's, you, you're learning something, oh yeah, like I should do that. Like how many things do you, like, oh, I should do that? I like every day. What, I think that's what, like, tying back to, like, my uh, example of the handstands, the internal rotation instead of externally rotating, 
movement patterns is humbling. Yeah. You have to accept where you're at, yeah. and you have to accept the path to get to where you want to go. And if you don't do that, you will not change the pattern. Yeah. Straight oh, yeah. Because you like, there's so many things where I'm like, bro, like, dude, I epiphany, and he's like, dude, I told you that. Like, yes. Like, yes. I, I, I've tried to yes. tell you this. I told you that six months ago. But you, know, you, you really are, aren't going to change any of your movement patterns until you want to change them. Well, yeah, or just until you notice it, and it takes until, time. Yeah. yeah. Until you it, notice it. But even when you do notice it, like there's such a like, there's ooh. such an ego that you have to let it go. You have to be like, no, yeah. I'm not going to do this because I'm not ready. I need to do A, B, C, and D before I get to E. And most people don't want to do. Oh, that. I like when my leg movement patterns are like, Erica, that's not right. I'm like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, tell me. Like, it's just always being a student. Like, just always be a student. I'm like, oh, I can do this better. Thanks. Like, that's just me. It's tough though. It's it's really hard because y- your mind is like, do we really have to start over learning that thing again? Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. You're like, oh, I guess. It's big picture stuff. It's, it is big picture stuff, and and again, it's it's not, it's not saying anything is right or wrong. It's just learning again. Just that really, really that relationship between what you think you're doing and what you're actually doing, and and the cleaner that is, the the easier every, everything becomes, mainly due to the fact that. You, you get to the, the point of your intention, right? Because your intention could be to get stronger, it could be to be flexible, it could be to move smoother, it could be any number of things. It could be just to feel good. I don't wanna say just there because I think that's maybe the most important reason to practice or move or do anything, really, is to feel good, to find joy, and to be happy. Um, but you actually get to your intention and that's such a, um, a cool place to be, at least in my opinion. Back to the technical questions where I won't just be talking the whole time because what a ball hog I am at this moment. It's like my Kobe 81 game right now. <laughs> All right. Um, someone asks, what are our wrist care routines? Because they struggle with some wrist pain. Does anyone want to jump on that question first? Don't go snowboarding. Don't go snowboarding. Don't go snowboarding. <laughs> handstands, baby. Every, yeah. day, every week in handstands, we do a routine. I do it all the time. Yeah. Because of this routine. I'm not trying to, that's a selfish plug, but like. Yeah. Hanging is also really selfish. awesome for forearm strengthening, and that mm-hmm. inevitably yeah. helps you also with wrist Hanging's pains. Good. Yeah. I think hanging is really good. I think wrist cars are really good. Um, the other thing that I think is also really important is being a uh, beginning to understand the amount of and i'm going to say this incorrectly but the amount of like wrist space you have in the wrist especially in terms of pulling your hands apart from one another so uh, we always talk about like are you a y person or are you a t person with the range of motion in your wrists and um the, the reason for that is oftentimes people have more for some people that have wrist pain they're doing a lot of stuff like circling, doing circles over the wrist or doing a lot of warm up. And it's like, hey, you may actually need stability. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You may need more time holding plank, more time working in straight arm positions um, because you have a ton of space in the wrist, but it's just not stabilized. And then, of course, there's the flip to that coin, which is you're, you try to pull your fingers away from each other and they just point straight up to the sky no matter what. Like you're that really tight Y shape um, when your hands are pushed together. And so for that person, it's like a lot of mobility stuff, a lot of cars. Um, and, just, and just being mindful about when you get on your hands, like taking those extra bits of time to warm up. And, and then your practice really using your hands. I mean, uh, how many, for, for y'all, when you're practicing, how often do you really find yourself gripping the mat? Like what poses do you feel like, oh, hey, I actually need to make sure I'm using the power of my hands to charge up the shape. Asana, side plank, yeah. plank pose, 
Yeah. 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 yeah, like any of those shapes, I think this is so important down, to, yeah. yeah. Like Making sure that you're actually using your fingers. I think it's so funny that we like forget how to use our hands in relationship to generating force. So I think that is another important one. Difference between active squat and goddess pose. Anyone want that question? Really, it's just the way your feet are. Width. With yeah, width. It's, it's overall width, right? Yeah, so, just with your feet. Um, just yeah, so like one would be moving more towards um, flexibility progression, and one would be overall accessibility, right? Mm -hmm. So, goddess pose is a flexibility progression position, um, meaning that you're always trying to go wider eventually with your stance. Um, Whereas active squat is a relatively set feet position. It's like a ready stance. I was about to say, I feel like a, a, I can transition way easier from an active squat than say yes. a goddess pose. Yeah. Well, yeah. An active squat, you're, like you said, the ready position, your feet are ready. You can take it either on the hands or stepping feet back. Whereas goddess pose, you have to kind of adjust and then mm -hmm. go into wherever you're going to go. It's like football players starting an active squat. Yeah. They started in a goddess yeah. pose. Hey, it'd be, it'd be rough. starting in uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you right now. Could you imagine? <laughs> I think it'd be great. Maybe the Seahawks would have done better. Wow. wow. Shade. Oh, we're gonna Shade. Wow. What, were you, what was Carolina, like 4 and 12? We're not talking about Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> no one brought them up till you did. <laughs> I don't talk shit because I know where they land. Like, oh, were you not just talking shit a moment ago? I mean, I don't talk. Well, oh, wait. Does that mean, oh, yeah. I, mean, oh, I just stuck I mean, my foot in my mouth. I mean, kind of. But no one really talks about the Panthers because no one cares because they never do anything. What? Super Bowl not that long ago. Yeah, well, we tanked. <laughs> we tanked. Denver killed us. <laughs> All right, positive note. Uh, current current jams that you're playing when you practice. Uh, I listen to. Uh, <laughs> I listen to everything. To be quite you honest, do. Yeah. You do. Uh, you Erica, twenty minutes ago, or however but, long. Sh sh straight up, I, I, I'm gonna shut up. But uh, everyone's like, "Oh, I like pretty much anything." No, CJ likes pretty much anything. Everybody else has a has a. You'll be like in Shavasana and TJ, or CJ's got like Tupac on. I'm just like, what in the hell? No, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. I mean, you came in when I was vacuuming. I was blurring I know. the youth. Shout out to Dark in me. Oh my God. If he ever watches this, man, I, come, come do some yoga. Bro. Uh, but anything, I, 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 I've been into albums lately. Even though I made a playlist for you guys, it's coming out soon. Um, I like. I've been listening to front to back albums and kind of just... Anything. Anyone in particular? Uh, what, what's been like three this, three this month that have just popped up for you? Travis Scott, Astroworld. Yeah. Definitely listen to that one. Um, Sturgill Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, the, not the, not the, the Fury one, but the In Bloom one. In Bloom. In that, Bloom that, that, what, Yeah, that one. And then uh, Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall. <laughs> then, <laughs> Dude, I feel like MGK is your spirit animal. I've gone through a stage of MGK. He went punk, and I can just tell, hey, bro, that is you. And it's just like, because he was kind of rapping, and I just wasn't about, like, necessarily his rap. But then he, like, changed vibes, got Travis Barker, and I'm, I'm for it. I'm a fan now. And then uh, Black. I listen to him, too. You do. I listen to him all the time. It's great. E? Oh, I like... Music with no sounds when I practice because it's not. What is music with no sounds? I mean, not, I mean no talking, no talking. Because then I'm like, 
I wonder who they wrote this about or something like <laughs> yeah, and my mind cool. starts going or I start just like shaking my booty because I'm like I remember this song for when I was at the club when that was a thing <laughs> yeah. yeah so I tend to do like instrumental vibes See, like lo-fi or jazzy something lo-fi yeah. beats chill chill pop yeah like that or chill hip-hop but don't get me wrong. I'll turn on my guy, Dermot Kennedy. You know, I like that energy because he was here a year ago. And wow. like, it was just, a year ago. It's literally been a year. That was like the last concert we went to. It was. Or something like that. And I just miss music. So he's been circling back around here at the recent. <laughs> Not always. Doesn't he just remaking all of his old songs? But then again, like when I'm teaching, like I can have it all when I'm practicing. But when I'm teaching, it's kind of hard because then you like get same thing. You get yeah, I get pulled out. Song. Volumes too loud. Like, would yes. that bother you if volume is too loud or anything while you're teaching? I mean, mine's instrumental, so you <laughs> just what, what you about, can go What about when y'all are teaching not on film? That's different. I don't even know what that's like. It's been <laughs> <here>. <laughs> when I'm not teaching. No, it's still same, same. Really, you keep it instrumental? Yeah, no, I'm telling you, my little blend. ADHD brain. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> same, no. same. It would not be received. I, I need I a jams People too. might like my classes, but I don't think they'd come if they like heard some of the screaming. That, that was it. <laughs> you, you, you. Walk I walk in and I'm like, "Hey, CJ, hang on, hang on," and you're like mopping the floor, and it's like death metal. It's it's called screamo. I did okay. feel a bout of anxiety as soon as I walked in the door. Slightly. Well, then when I, I came back from getting coffee, you had your headphones in, and I'm like. That was she's in the meditation. I was just like, man, this gets me amped. You're like, man, this gives me anxiety. I had to take a big deep breath. I was just in like this mellow mode, and I walk in the door. I'm like, wow, it just what about, you? Yeah. what about you? What you got? Uh, what have I been listening to a lot recently? Baby Shark. Oh, baby, not as much Baby Shark. Hey, no. Coco Melon. Always, it's, no, it's not bad at all, to be honest with you, because she likes Brian Fallon. And so she, she'll listen to Brian Fallon now um, all the time. Gaslight yes. Anthem, this is one of the best rock bands um, of all time. You should uh, listen to oh, them. Oh, that's okay. Oh, wow. That's wow. questionable, friends. I know, I know it's no good if Charlotte you that you're really into. Now, we get it after that statement. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but no, she'll listen to Brian Fallon a bit, and obviously her. Her Coco Melon tracks. We're still kind of in Christmas, a little bit of Halloween still, here and there. Halloween. She does like Halloween, so you know the, the spooked you. Yeah, she spooked you. That's part of the vibe. Um, for recently in class, I've been just ex experimenting with some new, some new stuff that's going to be in my my monthly playlist. I feel like I'm just like should should throw out a few artist recommendations from this, but you'll get most of it soon. Um, one of the guys I've been listening to a lot is this guy named Kevin Abstract, who is a former member uh -huh. of, do you guys know? No, I don't, but I know who Kevin Abstract is. Who really? Is he He's from, oh my God, I'm totally botching this in my brain right now. Uh, <laughs> well, at least you haven't in, said um, it. Yeah, and it's totally on the record too, that's brutal. Uh, he's, I mean, this, it's not, the group's not over, but there's like a bunch of them in it. Carling listens to it all the time. So it's a boy band. No, Carling only likes boy. <laughs> and everything know, Carling likes is an iteration of a, like you, you could consider it pseudo a boy band. I can't believe I can't think of this off the top of my head and it's, I'm not going to be able to have the time to look it up. But yeah, check out Kevin Abstract. He's pretty good. Um, speaking of Harvey, there's a Harvey question in here for the group. Harvey is currently 18 months old. Predictions on when she will hold her first freestanding handstand. 
Mm. Well, she does a really good headstand right she now. She has a really good headstand right Stand now. Down, handstand? Freestanding Free handstand. Three. Three? Get the hell out of here. Dude, have She's you not so seen that Amen kid? On yeah, but they, yeah, but like Patrick and Carling are not going to be like Harvey. Hold it for thirty seconds. Like it's not going to be like drills. <laughs> no, I don't think. I think she would do it on her own. I think if she watches enough, she does. Yeah. Maybe. But freestanding, I'll go for. When I was your first one? Freestanding handstand. I don't know. I was. Yeah, I was up in there probably like five. So, but mm. I was doing like four rolls. You yeah. know, like I don't think I did handstands at that age. Um, thirty. Yeah, that does put it in reality. I'm thinking like probably. She could be in range by four. Yeah. Well, okay. Harvey's still like very clumsy. Like Harvey be she's so clumsy. Harvey you guys just like don't see the clumsy. Harvey is the chattiest, like, she's genius, but like. She runs fast. Yes, but also like <laughs> there's a crack in the sidewalk, hand, and then yeah. she like stops. And like, I mean, the crack's like this big and homegirl is like over it. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. And I didn't look it up. Brockhampton. Kevin Abstract is a member of Brock Hampton. Oh. I was really yeah. thinking that when you yeah. said Carly. Wait, Brock like, Hampton's a group that? and not yeah. one dude? Yes, it's Bro, like, do you, have you ever listened to them, you know, dude? There's a hundred people in that. Pretty Ricky was more like You didn't know Pretty Ricky was like ago? eight dudes? No, I didn't. Yeah. Seven years ago. Pretty Ricky. Was that your jam? I like Pretty Ricky. I mean, I like the tracker vibe. I didn't know Brock Hampton was a group. Really? No. Wild. Same, same thing with Pretty Ricky. I did, when I very first heard of Brockhampton, I didn't either until I did. No, I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Until one day I didn't, didn't find out. Like, oh, and then I knew. <laughs> There's also Kevin. Is it Kevin Abstract and Kevin Gates? And they're completely different people. But I'm Kevin Gates. Right. Kevin, Kevin Gates. Kevin Garrett. Garrett and Kevin Gates. I mix up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, like, wow. Nah, those are two different. One guy raps and one guy does not. Sing some subtle tunes. <laughs> And then not to be confused with the guy, Kevin Devine, which is the guy that, uh, which, oh, Man, source. Get, I'm sorry, I just. I've been listening to Manchester recently, though. I went, I went and got back into Black Mile to Surface because that album just really hits. It does. It has a good, you know, good wholesome feel to it if you really need that, that rock vibe oh, in your life. I've been on Cuddy lately, too, his new stuff. Man, on the movie Cuddy's movie. new album is good. Wait, it's when do you think Harvey's going to do a handstand? She has to be motivated to it. I yeah, would that's never, the thing. I'd never push her to do anything like that because it yeah. doesn't. Eh. Well, I'm going to say she's got a couple, like a birthday cake or a cookie cake from CJ if she can do it by three. I'm going to try to give her that motivation. <laughs> it just depends on, it depends on how much she's around the studio because if she, she's, like she does her, her down dog and her locust pose and her pseudo tree pose. Tree's a favorite. The toes are crossed. <laughs> yeah. How long is the freestanding? Three seconds? It's not two. It's not <laughs> one foot, dude. Well, that's what I said. Freestanding could be like a kick up, one, two, and a down. Like I, I can totally that. see that's a freestanding. Yeah. Oh, then I've been doing them for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I said 36. I screw that sauce. <laughs> Solid. Currently, her arms are barely longer than, they, her hands barely reach above her head, so the arms <laughs> yeah. have to get a little bit longer. <laughs> She kind of has that Lego character body proportion currently. <laughs> she does with those big cheeks. Oh, HD. All right, y'all. Any, uh, any closing comments for the week? Anything that y'all are excited about in the future? We have upcoming practice plans. They're oh, flipping yep. uh, this when? They're flipping on Monday. Is Monday the 1st? Yeah, it is wild. That is wild. Jan's gone. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, practice plans flip on the first. Uh, what was, what's your plan for this next 
this next I month. You don't do, need to elaborate into it. Just give people a little tease. We'll I'm do doing next a week. little functional freedom breakdown-ish. It's not really like breakdown into super basics. It's just little pieces. And you can work with them however many times you want to. So hopefully they become more familiar. So then when you take the full class, it can be a breeze. And you can find some freedom flow. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, be a breeze. Yeah. I like it. E? What did I film? Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? Oh. Um, like, what day is it? <laughs> yeah. Hi. Uh, morning. I did morning stuff. So there's a little pranayama, a little move in your body, get you grooving for the day. Nice. Just like shoulders, hips, you know, your body. I like moving it. it. I like it. I did, um, I took my plan and I made it completely about the set. So I kind of broke down um, pieces of the set. So we do like powerful sun A's of awakening, um, fluid B's, and then we do an archer series and a warrior series. Um, so it's a nice little uh, quick hitter type of flow class to where if you wanted to piece together some of the awakening stuff, um, you can break them down. Flick. Um, I did a handstand to crow plan, kind of building off one of the handstand classes that y'all really liked um, from January. So we flipped that, broke it down into four separate classes that you can take. One is a strength class that's a total crusher, so you guys will have fun with that one. And um, Carling is adding more classes into Kin Stretch, which will be cool, and also releasing a prenatal series for y'all, pre and postnatal, excuse me. And then Kim is going to be releasing a like nightly yin practice. So fun. Nice. Cool. All right, y'all. Good chat. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions, of course, send them our way. We'll make sure to get to y'all next week. Have an amazing rest of your day. Peace.